This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. We are less than two days away from the start of the 2021 NFL Draft, and there's lots of smoke surrounding the Miami Dolphins. No one knows what the team is doing, except for maybe tonight's guest. But before <laughs> I introduce our guests, before we discuss the Eric Flowers trade, this is Finsider Radio, this is the Jake and Josh Show, and if I'm Josh Houts, that must mean that my co-host is the one, the only, Jake Mendel. How you doing today, man? Josh, I'm doing good. We're finally here. All the, the smoke is coming full circle. We've made it back to now the Dolphins are going to be taking a tackle at number six. It is the really a manner, ha, merry-go-round of, of just rumors and drama, I guess is a good way to put it. But, you know, we have the keeper of all things Dolphins knowledge. And uh, we were talking about it before the show. I think it's if I can have the honors, I'm just going to go ahead and dump them right in here. Uh, the former host of this show, Matthew Kanata. Matt. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm here. I- I'm rocking. I'm ready to roll, and let's have some fun. Yeah, man. I was I was actually just talking with our, our good friend Kathy, and, uh, you know, oh, we geez. talked about this a, a few episodes ago, but the, the relationships we build on, on Dolphins Twitter, just being Dolphins fans, have been incredible. And, and Matt and I were talking about uh, some of the uh, drafts we've celebrated together, We, uh, us two yeah. and Kathy. Uh, there was one year we went to a random Dolphins themed bar that had famous hot dogs. Talk about a uh, Mad Libs on that one. And then there was another year where there was like four people there the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> they were all Dolphin fans. So we must have had like a world <laughs> record or like a Northeast record or something like that. But at, at least, at least neither of you guys went to uh, Philly and waited to see Charles Harris get drafted. Am I right? I mean, at least neither of you guys had to suffer through that because yeah, that's right. That's my but, only draft memory. And that's that's brutal. My uh, my one memory of uh, Matt. Like, let's say I'm his father and I just saw him hit his first, like, Little League home run was at the <laughs> 2015 draft where he set up this huge thing for all of us to go to. I believe it was Dave and Buster's to watch the draft and yeah. um, to not get too big, too deep into the weeds here. But Matt paid way too much money to do this thing. And, and but for some reason, Matt found this this cart. I don't know where, but it's like one of those cards you'd use in like high school that you'd like mow around the projector in. And even if you're older than that, it was pretty close to one of those cards you'd you slap a TV on, you know, you'd tighten it down and it'd be there for the next 40 years. Matt was on this thing for the entire draft while paying for us to all be at Buffalo Wild Wings, posting on his website of every single pick that was happening. 
It absolutely blew my mind. And if you were to say to me right then and there, like, yeah, this guy's going to have a pretty successful website, Pro Football Network. Go check it out. Use their mock draft simulators. I'm sure they already have their one for next year ready. The fact he was doing that instead of just, you know, enjoying the draft, having fun with us, celebrating Devontae Parker falling to 15, it was mind-boggling. But, Matt, I, I guess this is my long-winded way of saying uh, I feel bad we're not watching the draft together this year. I think we've seen three or four together, and uh, it's always fun talking yeah. Dolphins with you. So thanks for joining us. That was a, that was a fun time with David and Busters, right? I think I spent – so what happened was I was running finmaniacs.com, which I know is still up today, and, and I had founded that website, and – I was like, let's throw a draft party. And so, but I had configured the prices for like 75 people showing up mm-hmm. and I sold 50 tickets and I never adjusted the prices or adjusted the food or adjusted like the menu from there. So I had always went in with 75 people. And so when I got the final bill, the other night it was like $1,502,000 and it only had like $750 a $1,000 cash on hand from the admissions. And I'm like, oh my God. What am I paid for 25 people? I I paid (laughs) an extra dollars out of my pocket, and this was when this was what you said it six, seven years ago when I had no idea how to monetize a website. Um, obviously things have changed, but uh, yeah, that was that was a great first experience of throwing draft parties. You have to now you'd be able to to win, that's for sure. And and now you'd be paying in Dogecoin, right? Or Bitcoin. Because you're (laughs) Dogecoin, yeah. But but I mean, you know, I do have, I do, I do have, I do have, uh, bitcoin in uh something i don't know what it's called but i'm locked out of my coinbase account because i don't remember my password and apparently it's uh risen up in price a little bit and i probably have like a few thousand dollars sitting in there but i have no idea how to get into my coinbase account so you'll write a about you someday he's the crypto scrooge mcduck but but matthew jake you know we're sitting here um so thankful that you're back on the show with us canada but we have to talk about the miami dolphins we have to talk about the 2021 nfl draft and I mean, we all were sitting here. Everyone was finalizing their mock drafts. And then what did the Dolphins do? They went out there and did what, you know, some thought was going to happen, but no one expected it to happen today. They traded uh, Eric Flowers to the Washington football team in exchange for two, they, what, swapped late draft picks. What were your guys' thoughts when this trade went through? Because to me, it was a little bit of like, okay, now does now does that mean a tackle's on the board at six? Are they going to go that direction? I mean, this opens up Pandora's box, and this close to the draft, uh, I don't know what it means. You know, Matt, I'm not going to try to, you know, toot our own horns here, but but working in the field of communications, I think you can agree <laughs> with me here that timing is everything, right? Time is everything. Uh, the Dolphins didn't do this move right now for no reason, but I don't think it's the reason everyone thinks. And, you know, the, the logic that everyone started to go through on Twitter today, and it's understandable and, and it makes sense is, hey, now that the Dolphins are going to draft the right tackle, you know, you think Solomon Kinley moving to left guard, you got Robert Hum moving inside to right guard, and then that right tackle is really the odd man out in terms of positions. But, Matt, you kind of led into this. I see this more as another smokescreen, like we said last year about Justin Herbert, Matt, or Josh and I use this example a lot. The Justin Herbert rumors, and I think you know this just as well as anyone, they started to come out of nowhere, right? That smoke started flying like a couple weeks before the draft. I view this as another just example of this was a move the Dolphins were going to make. They didn't have to clear the space until June. I thought that I I viewed this as a vision of 
let's keep everyone off guards. Maybe this was a trade that the Dolphins and Washington football team already had in place and waited till now just to kind of throw out some more smoke. Or even on top of that, maybe the Dolphins were going to wait a little longer, see if they can get more for Flowers, but they maybe reasoned that swapping sevens this year is more valuable than getting a seventh next year. I'm not entirely sure. But Matt, when you see this stuff kind of developing, and I assume your first thought is why now? Like who, what, when, where, why you go right there. But Take me through your feelings and reactions to really developed earlier today. Yeah. uh, So you're right about the Herbert stuff. That came out of nowhere. We actually were at the combine last year. Uh, Shameless plug here for Um, (laughs) profootballnetwork.com. But we were at the the combine last year, and those things came out of nowhere. But we had our sources, and we confirmed with multiple ones. We actually were the first ones to break it that the Dolphins were not, in fact, interested in Justin Herbert. They were, in fact, had two uh, number one on their board, and number two on their board was Jordan Love which we all ended up realizing uh, or at least pretty uh, good confidence that that was the case and that there was obviously no uh, interest in Justin Herbert being the number one guy for them. And so we had gotten down to the bottom of that. And what's really interesting, uh, Jacob Mendel, is is this. Um, we were told by someone in the Dolphins front office a few weeks ago over at ProFootballNetwork.com that if take a shot, take a shot every yeah, time. Yeah, take it. a shot. That I'll uh, just say pay me a nickel, but that works. That the that the name you are not hearing is the one to pay attention to, and I think I tweeted this too at Kanata PFN. The name you are not hearing is the one to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Because the Dolphins are so good at this, right? Because Justin Herbert came out of nowhere last year, and all you've been hearing about this year since the Senior Bowl is Devonte Smith, Devonte Smith, Devonte Smith, and now we found out. Over the past over the past several days, that Devontae Smith may not even be their top one or two wide receiver. He's actually probably number three or four. And you haven't heard much about Panay Sewell. You haven't heard much about Jalen Waddell until the past few days. You haven't heard much about Kyle Pitts until about the past week or so, week and a half. And so that makes you think. And the information, and I know the question was about Eric Flowers, but I'm going to circle back to this. Panay Suell, right, because people see, oh, they traded away Eric Flowers. They've been negotiating with Washington for several, several weeks on this. This is not mm-hmm. nothing new that came out of nowhere. But you're right, Jacob. Uh, the timing is everything. And to pull off a trade like this two days before the NFL draft kicks off makes people think. And, you know, obviously NFL GMs are smart. NFL front offices are smart. I don't think they're looking at the Dolphins and saying, hmm, now they're going to draft Suell or now they're going to draft an offensive tackle. But what it does is it puts a little doubt in somebody's mind and it says maybe they are, right? But if you listen to me uh, and others and you, come, do that. and you come to <laughs> ProFootballNetwork.com and you follow us at PFN365 and Kanata PFN, Drink. You, you would know, although, although I will say Tony Pauling, our chief NFL uh, draft analyst and insider today, reported that the Dolphins are, in fact, interested in Suell. I don't like to contradict people on our site and my company, especially a guy like Tony Pauling, who is extremely, extremely plugged in. He was the guy with us who broke the Laramie Tunsil news uh, when everyone else was telling us that we were wrong. But um, he said the Dolphins have interest in Suell. I was told very specifically by someone in the front office who has been involved in the draft meetings that he would be absolutely shocked and totally surprised and thrown off guard if the Dolphins draft Suell at six. Now, that said, if he's available at nine, that's mm-hmm. a possibility, right? Yeah. Because they have been talking to Denver. Denver's been very, very quiet about their plans to draft a quarterback. Quarterback? Quarterback. 
quarterback. Uh, they yes. uh, they want to jump up to six, and but they're denying it. Obviously, very smart of them. You don't want people to know that you're trying to move up. But I've been told the Panthers probably won't trade with the Dolphins up to six, but look for the Broncos. And so let's say let's play this out, boys, Jacob and uh, Jacob and, and and Joshua. Let, let's. I almost I wanted to call you House, but I, I forgot your first name for a second. I, I do too. I House. forget. I always forget my first name. <laughs> So let's play this out, right? Okay, so Trevor Lawrence goes one. Zach Wilson goes two. Let's say, and this is crazy if the 49ers go Mac Jones, but I think they will go Mac Jones because I think Kyle Shanahan likes him a lot. Let's say Kyle Pitts, just for just for this, let's, that's for this scenario, let's say Kyle Pitts goes four and Jamar Chase goes five. That is a nightmare scenario for the Dolphins because they are all in on Kyle Pitts. The consensus in the draft room is that Kyle Pitts is the guy. And there are concerns with Jamar Chase. The room is probably, I would say, 80-20 in favor of Chase. But there are a few key decision makers, from what I've been told, that there are concerns about him opting out of the football season last year. But I was told that as of the close of draft meetings last Friday, that this person has been convinced to take Chase because he is far and away the number one wide receiver on their board. Now, let's say Pitts is gone, Chase is gone. The Dolphins could stay and take Waddle, right? But more than likely, they're probably going to look to trade down to nine or around that area. Now, in that case, you got the Broncos. Let's say the Broncos coming up to six for a QB. Let's say they pick a QB there. Let's just say they take Trey Lance. You still have Justin Fields on the board, don't forget. The Dolphins are going to hope that someone's going to trade up with the Lions or the Panthers at eight or seven, take that QB, and then drop either Smith or Waddle to nine. Now, let's say that does not happen, and then Waddle goes to the Lions or Smith goes to the Lions, and one of them... Others go to the uh, Bronco, uh, to the Panthers at eight. Then the Dolphins have no receivers left, right, of their top three. So that's when Sewell would come into play there. Um, they, they would look heavily at drafting him, which would make a ton of sense because you're not going to reach for anybody else at that point. So that's a scenario where I do see it. It's not that the Dolphins are not interested in Penne, but at six, I very highly doubt he, he will be that pick. Now, all that said, the person that we are connected to in the front office, and I hope no one from the Dolphins is listening to this, um, they are not involved in the meetings this week. Actually, in all front offices across the NFL, really this week is really locked down between the head coach, the general manager, maybe one or two others in those draft meetings. So things can change, right? They can talk all the talk from last week and the pre-draft meetings, and things can change this week, or they can actually reveal their cards in their meetings this week, but none of that information is really getting out. And so the information that we're getting is from last week, the weekends, and then from agents and, and other people who are connected, you know, from coaches and so forth, who may be getting that trickle-down information from that. And so I, I, I believe that's where the Dolphins stand at this point. We have gotten very little new information, but again, we checked in with our source today. We said, can we, can we uh, double down or can we look at Sewell going at six? And he said, I would, again, be extremely shocked if he was the pick at selection number six. So Matthew, before we jump, before we jump back into the draft, I just want to ask you, you know, where do you see the dolphins going with that right tackle position? Because, you know, that's kind of where we all started with this. I wanted to at least talk about Eric flowers because that was the big news, but let's be honest. All we want to talk about is the draft. So just tell me what you're hearing. I heard some people throw out that maybe they go after a veteran that's out there on the market. What do you see the dolphins doing at right tackle here? Yeah. I, I mean, 
I, I don't think they're going to draft offensive tackle in the draft, at least in the first round. I don't even think the second round. So what I will say this, right? When you look at the Miami Dolphins um, depth chart right now, and you look at what they have on their offensive line. So you have, you have what? You have Austin Jackson, who was a rookie last year, right? Let's say he's playing left tackle. You have that opening at right tackle now. You do have Robert Hunt, who may move over to right tackle. I don't know. You have Solomon Kinley, Kinley in there. You have Matt Skura, who was, uh, came from Baltimore. That's kind of up in the air. I, I will say, though, you know, the Dolphins are targeting a center in the bottom half of round one. What they want to do is they want to trade back up into the bottom of round one. They have several targets on their board. One is for a running back, and the other is for a center. So if the center is there that they like, they may come up and grab that person. Now, that opens up, obviously, Skura and you know some other changes on the line there. So that can, that can move a few people around. Don't forget, they also got DJ Fluker. I, I don't know if he's going to be like that guy, but I, I, I don't... I think Robert Hunt could handle it if needed to, um, unless the Dolphins surprise us all and, and do pick a right tackle in the, in the second or third round and slot that person in to start week one. You know, it is no surprise that the Dolphins certainly feel like a team that is uh, comfortable starting rookies, especially on the offensive line. Uh, they did it with three guys last year. Matt, uh, before we jump into a break here, there is one more uh, Eric Flowers-related nugget I- I'd like to chat about for a minute. And I know you're more than a- of a draft guy, so this one uh, we can just have some fun and speculate. Uh, the idea of trading Eric Flowers is uh, founded on the idea, I think, that the Dolphins are struggling with cap space at the moment, right? Uh, they're in a situation where they can't even sign all their draft picks. So when they when Eric Flowers was moved, everyone got the idea of, hey, you know, we're saving seven, eight million dollars here. But that's not the case. The Dolphins are paying about six million dollars of Eric Flowers deal this year to move him over to Washington. And uh, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN insider, reported that the Dolphins are looking at a right tackle in free agency. Now, Matt, my question isn't specifically who the Dolphins are looking at, but doesn't this strongly indicate that there are more uh maybe not blindside moves, but more cuts that might surprise us, trades that might surprise us on the way if the Dolphins aren't done signing guys in free agency, if they're still kind of combing through that market and they still need to clear up cap to sign these guys. Uh, we have to assume that there's more of these deals coming. So, Matt, can you give me some sort of um, maybe wild card? I always go back to Aaron Sutton, uh, uh, another good friend of both of yours, on our In the Hunt podcast when he predicted – uh, that uh, who who's the Jordan the, Phillips? Jordan Phillips would be cut. You know that was just it was one of those things like he he hit the nail on the head and everyone you know had their list from the beginning of uh, free agency. You know the Dolphins are going to cut X Y Z uh, and then go back up to A one A two and and work their way all the way through all these guys they're going to cut to free up all this cap space. But clearly that has not been how they've gone about it. Nobody predicted they'd move from Shaq Loss and nobody predicted Kyle Van Noy. So my long winded question is. What are some of the moves the Dolphins are going to make, or could you see that are going to clear up money? And I don't want you to say Bobby McCain because I'll mute, mute you on the spot. We know that's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> or Jakeem Grant. You can't say Jakeem Grant either. That's a cop yeah. out. Well, I, I was going to say Jakeem Grant because I, I do think that's obvious, though. But I have no inside. Inf- I have no inside information on this. This is purely speculation, but it's based on inside information. But I, I don't know if it's even possible because. Uh, the the dead money in the cap savings. Although I will say this, keep an eye on Xavier Howard. Okay, and I know he's one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. But we were told that at pick number eighteen, 
every defensive position is in play, including defensive back. And when if you're taking a defensive back, number 18 overall, who's the odd man out? Are they going to give up on Noah Igbinogany Igbin, after one season? Probably not. They're not giving up on Byron Jones. Uh, you can say McCain, you know, that slot guy, safety, Brandon Jones moves in there. But I would keep an eye on Xavier Howard. He might be used as trade bait. We got rumblings last year that he was, he could have been used in a trade on, on draft night, and it never came to be in. You know, there were some doubts about that afterward and people saying he was never available for trade. I I, I would not be shocked if he was traded. Again, no inside information, purely speculation based on other inside information, you know, regarding the defensive back position, cornerback position. If a guy like Caleb Farley falls because of his medicals or, you know, J.C. Horn and Sertain are not going to fall to 18, but the Dolphins may say, listen, I'm going to go up and get them. I'm going to package Xavier Howard in this, and we're going to move up the board a little bit. I would keep an eye on that. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I feel I, I uneasy. Yeah, especially I mean, you, you spend that pick on Igbenogni, you get his fifth year option by drafting him in the first round. I I don't know if you can use more high price. I know that's like Flores' bread and butter is that secondary, those flexible pieces. Uh, but but well, that, let me ask that, you this. Let me ask you this. So like purely thinking about it, right? No, you're uh, right, though, because he wants he, Xavier Howard wants to get paid more than he's already getting paid, which I, I certainly agree with him, and I believe he has to be. But um, it, it's a it's a tough situation to be in. It's kind of rock and hard place. And he it probably is, feels but... pretty good about being able to develop those guys and kind of you know almost being able to just plug and play guys in that secondary. Maybe that's the way Brian Flores views this. But uh, you know, like Kanata said, lots of speculation last offseason about Xavier Howard being moved. Uh, you know, now we're hearing it again. I mean, what team would be interested? Or have you heard any teams that could potentially move up there? I mean, I know Dallas, a lot of people think they're going cornerback, but they think that yeah. they're most likely to draft one. So have there been any teams yeah. that you might, you know, speculate could be after Xavier Howard? I mean, yeah, on ProFootballNetwork.com earlier today, Tony Pollan reported that the Cowboys are uh, interested in either J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan, and they're 50-50 split on that right now. Some of the, some there want Sertan, some want J.C. Horn. Pollan thinks J.C. Horn will ultimately be the better cornerback a few years down the road. You look at a team like the Giants, you look at a team like the Eagles even, um, they wouldn't trade him to the Patriots. Uh, if the Cardinals think they're a few pieces away from competing, which they may think they are, you know, that could be in play there. But it really probably would come down to, to where the board plays. Now, do I think the Dolphins cannot give up pick number 18 and uh, move up the board? No, I don't think so. I don't think Xavier Howard is worth a first-round pick at this point just because of his desire to be paid like a number one cornerback in the NFL. Well, I'm sorry, not a number one cornerback, but the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. I think, though, he could be used as something in like the second round or third round where the Dolphins can still keep their pick and move up there a little bit. You know, you look at that, you look at that whole, you know, draft class for the cornerback position. And, and once you get past, um, you know, you have Sertan number one, right? And then you have J.C. Horn, you have Caleb Farley, you have Greg Newsome who might fall into the uh, top of the bottom of round one. You have Kelvin Joseph, who is uh, rising up the boards a bit in terms of media catching up to a Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes there. Even Asante Samuel Jr., a lot of people are high on. So there's some good, decent cornerback depth in that first and second round there. And if the Dolphins are sitting at, you know, what, 36, um, and they see a guy that they want to trade up for, they can they might use Xavier Howard as bait to to move up the board and, and grab that guy, whether it's uh, Javante Williams or Najee Harris, although he'll probably get won't get past Pittsburgh at 24. 
you know, I, I could totally see the Dolphins making that move. And, and it might be for a cornerback, right? It might be for a Newsom. It might be for a Kelvin Joseph. And it may not make sense on the surface. But there's a reason why, even if you look at Orlando Brown from the Ravens, they couldn't afford his contract when, when his contract was up for an extension. They just paid Ronnie Stanley. And they traded away this all-pro, Pro Bowl tackle, right, to the Chiefs. And so it may not make sense on the surface, but when the Dolphins are uh, figuring all this out in their heads and on their cap, then you, it starts to make a little more sense. Again, all speculation from my part on Xavier Howard. I have no inside information on that, but I would not be shocked if that happened. Matt, one last question. I'm sorry, then we'll go to the break. I want you to keep this uh, response in a, in a tweet or so. Um, is there any correlation? Yeah. That's it's a tough feat. Um, <laughs> is there any correlation between the Dolphins? Uh, these both of these reports came out last week. Is there any correlation between the Dolphins' willingness to trade back into the early teens and everyone feeling fairly confident that Devontae Smith isn't going to be a top ten uh, pick? Are any are those things correlated at all, or just kind of timing? You mean people are saying Devontae Smith will fall to the teens, the lower teens? The, the the people are saying Smith is going to fall to the teens uh, right around the same time. The people are also saying that Dolphins are going to try to trade back again to be in the teens or nine somewhere, whatever, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything can happen, right? CD Lamb went late last year um, to the Cowboys. I think what 17 or 19 it was. It could happen. You know, you look at the board here and I know you said tweet. So I'm going to try to really make this quick and, and wrap it up, but it could happen. I don't think the Dolphins have enough ammo unless they're moving up from 18 and they see the Devontae Smith falling to to keep that 18 pick and, and move up from round two or or use that trade bait, someone like an Xavier Howard for that. It will be interesting to, to see play out. I haven't heard much chatter about Devontae Smith falling because I don't think he's going to get past the Eagles if he does start falling, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. All right, let's jump into a quick break here. And on the other side, we might as well say we're playing Monopoly because it's all board games. So stay tuned. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we talked about the Eric Flowers trade. Matthew Kanata gave us some inside news on what the Miami Dolphins might do. Now we're going to ask him some draft questions, and it starts with this, Matthew Kanata. Everyone keeps asking me on Twitter. They keep asking me if the Dolphins are interested in Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne. What will they do with the 18th overall pick? Matthew Kanata, please tell us what you're hearing out of Davie, Florida. Yeah, so that 18th pick is a little a little up in the air right now. I've been told that that 18th pick will be a defensive pick if the board falls the right way. I've been told that the Dolphins do like Najee Harris, they do like Travis Etienne, and they do like Javante Williams. I don't know which order that is in. There's been plenty of reports out 
um, in the past 24 to 36 hours that have said that people have ETN rated first. People, some people have Williams rated number one overall, and it's in that different combination there. So really interesting to see what Miami thinks and, and to find out what Miami thinks, but I don't know if we will find that out. But 18 is a really tough spot for a running back. So they do want to trade back, like I mentioned earlier, that into the back of round one for a running back or if a center is on the board. It might complicate things a little bit, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But that 18th uh, pick right there, watch for edge. They want a pass rusher at 18. Now, the pass rusher depth in this draft is not the deepest because there are concerns all over the place. Sounds like Charles Harris is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't want people to reach, right? You got Quiddy Pay, but over on ProFootballNetwork.com, we reported that (laughs) we reported that the Eagles might be interested in him at 12. And then you have Jalen Phillips, who has some concerns, right? You have Carlos Basham Jr. from Wake Forest. You have Gregory Rousseau, who has some concerns. Uh, Jason Owa, is he that too early to pick him at 18? Probably. So that, that edge group isn't the greatest. I was told this. If the Dolphins don't go edge, look at inside linebacker. And if they don't go inside linebacker, then look at the defensive back position. And so we're going to have to see how the board plays out there, but everything is on the table for the Dolphins at 18 when you start looking at the defensive part of the board. Um, outside linebacker, too. I know some people combine edge and defensive end into outside linebacker, but uh, the Dolphins kind of look at it both ways as well. Uh, so keep an eye on the outside linebacker position, too. I would say edge, inside, edge outside, inside cornerback would be which way the Dolphins go there. If you were a betting man, Matt, how would you say um, Thursday night is going to end? Is it going to be like an episode of Gotham where you're stuck waiting till the final minute? Are you going to resolve this tonight or do we got to wait till next week? Do we got to wait for day two of the draft for you to use, you know, 30, 36 and 50? Or or are you feeling that, uh, you know, they might catch Joker and throw him in jail before Thursday night's all over in terms of trading up and making those last 10 picks uh, worth watching if you're a Dolphins fan, especially if you have to work early that next day? It's going to sound cliche, but you got to watch how the board falls. I mean, yeah, no, you got to watch right. how the board falls. You, you really can't say anything in terms of what that might look like. I mean, if the players the Dolphins want are there, the positions they want are there. And, and who knows, like you said, if Devontae Smith starts falling, are they going to try to move up? When Tristan Worf started falling last year, they were one of the teams that I heard were trying to move up for him. Um, the jump was too high for them to move up all the way there where, where he was falling. But, uh, you know, anything can happen and anyone can drop. Anyone could have a Laramie Tunsil moment five minutes before the draft begins, and then all mayhem breaks loose. And if QBs start dropping, then it's going to even cause more mayhem. And it's going to it's going to be a crazy one because you can actually see six quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Uh, if you've listened to Finsider Radio in the past, you'll know my struggle oh, yes. with quarterbacks. <laughs> Signature. So, uh, if we if, you, if if we still have those loyal longtime listeners, um, we've had a few good ones on this show, Josh. Huh? We so, have. So, so, yeah, uh, we we used to have some call. We used to have some call-ins. Remember those days? Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, ne- we, we never both, had call-ins. We we <laughs> we wait. We, we did we that one time, didn't we? And it, we, they went we off the rails. Something we about Marino's some, kid, right? Some guy called about Marino's kid. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. We we both come a long way since those since those times. To, to um, pull you back onto the sway, Matt. Let me ask you this: um, <laughs> If if you had to place a bet, uh, two and a half. First round picks by the Miami Dolphins. Are you taking the over or under? Two and a half first round picks. I'm taking the over on that one. 
you're taking the over. And now, now Matt, I, I do want to ask you too. You think about the six picks in the top eighty. How many picks do you think they're going to take in the top? It, it, out of those six, because, you know, I've gone with the madman theory of, of trying to sit at 36, but using that 50th overall pick uh, or, or maybe that 81st overall pick to move up in, in different ways and try to keep those four in the top 40. I know that kind of sounds a little too greedy, uh, but but do you see any scenario where the Dolphins can try to do that? And, and if so, what would the value have to be if you're trading up uh, from pick 50 to the end of the first round? Can you do that with 81 and 50? Would you have to use maybe a uh. second next year or any, something like that you could probably do it with 8115 and xavier howard right ah, you might be able, might be able to do it that way but if you're trying to hold on to that 36 pick and you're trying to move all the way up from from 50 to move up there that would be very very tough to do we know chris Greer loves the deal right we know he loves to trade down every gm loves to trade down why wouldn't you want to trade down and accumulate picks that's the name of the game in the nfl draft you try to get volume as much as possible and hit on as many picks as you can and so I wouldn't be surprised if we see some trading down there in like the late second, early third. I would be surprised if you saw more trading up than trading down. And I would not I would not be surprised if the only trade up you saw was to come back into the bottom half of round one. Matt, the last one I have for you, are the Dolphins, when this is all said and done, the smoke settles, are we going to, are the Dolphins, obviously we were the Dolphins, um, I guess in theory we paid for all this stuff, yada, 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 uh, but but are we going to regret making that trade with the Eagles when you think it's all said and done? It's a great question, Jacob. Save the best for last, right? That's, that's a great question. How much time do you have? Because I can do a five-minute speech on what I know about this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, give us a couple minutes here. Josh has to go uh, take care of the kids soon. We'll, we'll shout out all of our uh, Twitter stuff. Yeah, give us this. I, I think, you know, the day before the draft, Josh, I'm sorry to do this to you if you need to close out. Uh, I certainly understand. But uh, yeah, there, Matt, go off, there, Yeah, really, I'll, I'll try to be quick. I, I'm not quick, but I'll try to be quick. I, I think the Dolphins have a really good idea of what San Francisco is going to do at three. I don't think they make this trade with San Francisco knowing what they're not going, what they're going to do. So I think they know that a guy like Justin Fields and Trey Lance will be available at four, right? And that's going to open up a whole new world of possibilities for the Falcons and people trying to trade up, especially if a guy like Justin Fields starts falling. I think people are going to want to move up for him. And I think they feel very, very confident that either Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase will be there for them. And if not, then Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith will be there for them, either in a trade down a few spots or just staying at six and staying put and making that selection. So... Will they get Kyle Pitts? They may not, but I still think they're just as comfortable picking a Jamar Chase if they don't get a Kyle Pitts. Again, the nightmare scenario for the Dolphins, and of course they're rolling the dice a little bit here, um, the nightmare scenario is that Pitts and Chase go 4-5. and So we'll have to kind of see how that plays out. Since Jake asked just about every question under the sun, I'm going to ask you a specific question. (laughs) <laughs> Which center do you think the Dolphins are targeting? I mean, we hear Creed Humphrey, we hear Landon Dickerson, we hear Quinn Miners in there. Is there a center that you think the Dolphins are targeting? And then after that, we just want to know who the Dolphins are drafted. Six, 18, and then if they do trade back up into the first round. So I'm going to say at six, I'm going to say Kyle Pitts. I do think Kyle Pitts will be there for them because I think that Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields will be there for the Falcons at four. And with the, all the talk about Julio Jones being traded, I think they're going to be looking to rebuild, especially with the new regime. It makes a ton of sense, right? So why not pick a Trey Lance? Why not pick a Justin Fields who could sit behind Matt Ryan? What are the chances you're going to get your pick of the litter at QB, right? Or not pick of the litter, but have a multitude of options there. And so I think it'd be irresponsible for them. Maybe this is just the Dolphins fan of me coming out, but I would think it'd be irresponsible for the Falcons to pass up on a QB at four. 
Especially it's like what the Chiefs did. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but but I know everyone makes this comparison. But I mean, you can't see what the Chiefs did with with Patrick Mahomes and how important that uh, time of relaxing or that time on the bench was for him. And you can't think teams like the Falcons see that and think, well, we can do that. Right. Absolutely. And and so I do think that Pickle at four will ultimately be a QB. Right. And they say Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Pitts is more like a luxury a little bit. Um, No doubt. You know, a luxury kind of, but kind of a missing piece. And I don't think the Falcons are there yet. And so you're going to bring Kyle Pitts, but then you're not going to have a QB to throw to him in two years. Right. And so if Kyle Pitts is then there at five, which Amar Chase, the Bengals are more than likely to go with Jamar Chase one because of the Burrow connection. Right. And, and I don't think they would pick a Pitts over Chase and two, because I think they want a wide receiver more than a mismatched tight end, which then drops Kyle Pitts to the Dolphins at six. So the, the thing I read about the Bengals too, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but the thing okay. I heard about the Bengals to kind of piggyback it with the chase, isn't just the Burrow connection. It's just the fact that they need their next AJ green, right? The way that kind right. of just dwindled right. and phased out. So yeah, the receiver position is direly what they need. If they don't trade, say the Falcons go um, pits at four, the, the Bengals might try to trade back and get a couple of picks then and take their Waddle or Smith, whatever it may be. And then, Hey, Jamar chase falls in your lap. Yeah, and as crazy as it sounds, man, I mean, Mac Jones at three or Trey Lance at three, I would love to watch the world burn, but even better as a Dolphins fan, right? You you want Mac Jones to go three because mm-hmm. people think there are some GMs out there that think that Trey Lance is one of the best QBs in this draft. And there are people that think that Justin Fields is the best QB in this draft. And so if both of them are available at four, Either the Falcons are going to make that pick or they're going to trade out and get a boatload of picks right after. So I think the Dolphins, again, like I just said uh, a few minutes ago when you asked if the Dolphins are going to regret making this trade with the Eagles and the 49ers and everyone else, I think at the end of the day— Oh, not the 49ers, strictly the Eagles, moving back from 12 to 6. No, they they needed to to get their guy, right? They needed to to have a chance at Pitts. But I I think at the end of the day, they're going to get their guy in Pitts. I, I do feel confident in that. Yeah, and so with with that too, I, I want to ask you, um, what does someone like Pitts do on to the on the field product in year one, right? Because we hear so often about uh, players needing years to develop, and you know, you brought up the inter- interesting point of it being a luxury pick, and how it's strangely the Dolphins are in thanks Bill O'Brien in a situation to make those luxury picks. Uh, but in terms of on the field product, uh, is Pitts someone we are going to have to be a little spooked and panic about maybe not to the level of Noah Igbenogany, uh, but in terms of uh, there, there's going to be growing pains or do you think he's someone who's going to come in? You know, I think of the Falcons when they drafted Julio Jones, who kind of just came in and, and showed, Hey, I was worth this, you know, value. I don't think so. I mean, everything you hear about Kyle Pitts is that he's a unicorn on the field. We had his, his position coach on one of our video shows breaking down the board a few weeks ago. And he was just saying, and obviously his coach is going to hype him up a bit, but he was saying, you put Kyle Pitts anywhere on the field and he's just a complete mismatch, right? Mm-hmm. You, you the, the, the defense, unless they have a unicorn on their side, they're not going to have an answer for Kyle Pitts. And, you know, he is an offensive coordinator's dream from everything we've been hearing. Hard worker, great kid, and just can put the offense in a position to just do whatever they absolutely want to do, right? And so, listen, I'm all in on Kyle Pitts as a Dolphins fan. I'm all in on Kyle Pitts as a guy who's been looking at some of these prospects, running profootballnetwork.com for the past several months, and just talking to our own guy, Tony Pauline, right? He has Jamar Chase as the number two guy on his board. 
but Kyle Pitts is right behind him. And, and, you know, for me, I think if you can get a Kyle Pitts for a guy like Tua, who is going to just keep progressing and mm. give him that huge, huge safety blanket, I don't think there's any concern of what, you know, that might look like for the Dolphins if they pick Kyle Pitts at six. Matthew Canada, my friend, I appreciate you joining us. And I, and I think we're going to wrap it up here with one last one. Uh, we're, we're missing Josh here who had to go put the kids to bed, but man, it, it's been so great to talk to you. Uh, I miss it being your intern where we just got to kind of rant for half the day about the Dolphins. <laughs> it's been um, fun. But, you know, the idea of quarterbacks going one through four, I think it'd be the first time in NFL history that happens. Um, and the one thing that kills me about mock drafts isn't, you know, the fact that people do so many of them. It's it's the fact that uh, people who read the results of mock drafts, you know, scoff like, no, that would never happen. And that's kind of the point of mock drafts. It's because nobody can ever predict this stuff. So the more wacky scenarios you see, I mean, you're going to see some of these things unfold on uh, draft night. It's just how the statistics go. Uh, you can't project where it's going to go. So Matt, if that happens, you know, quarterbacks one through four and, you know, then quote unquote, the draft really starts at five, one of the lamest things ever, but, but let's roll with it. Uh, who's, who's that dream guy who falls to that 18 area that we haven't talked about yet that uh, all of a sudden we're hitting that panic button. Like, Oh my God, he's dropping, he's dropping. And it doesn't have to be a situation where Tunsil, where it's uh, something negatively impacts is great. It's just when you have quarterbacks going that high, you have teams with needs focusing on those positions. Is there someone who we're going to kind of be sitting here and thinking, Oh my God, he's drafting. Obviously that's hard to say because you know, if you knew that already, you'd have a bet in Vegas and, and be ready yeah. to pay me full time. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can pay you full time. Is that a little plug for yourself, Jacob? Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Speaking of predicting the draft, right? We have a contest at ProFootballNetwork.com running right now. You can win $100,000 if oh, you man. predict all 32 slots in the first round. Impossible, sure. But listen, if you pick number 29, 30, and 31, all you got to get is those three picks right. Doesn't need to be matched a team, just a slot. Mm. You will win ten thousand dollars if you just get those three picks correct. So visit profootballnetwork.com, look for the PFN Predict the Draft contest, and enter. It is free of charge. All we want is your email address so we can spam you with our marketing stuff. Just kidding about spamming. We don't really spam anyone. We don't even utilize our marketing stuff you just yet. Eat it. Oh, oh, well, we just eat it. That's <laughs> a good one. I like that, Jacob. Um, someone's gonna drop, right? Someone always drops. Mika Parsons is a guy to keep an mm -hmm. eye on. Maturity issues, some character concerns. He's like, can start falling down the board. Look at a guy like, uh, you know, you got guys like Rashawn Slater, who Tony Pauling pro projects as a guard at the next level. Christian Derrissaw, they're rated around the teams. I love Zayvon Collins. I absolutely love Zayvon Collins. I think if he's there at 18, the Dolphins should really seriously consider looking at him. Aziz Ojulari, Tony Pauling reported today on ProFootballNetwork.com that he has a degenerative leg condition. So there are some concerns about his medical I would probably pass on him at 18. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, he is the chess piece on defense. And this is what's really appealing about him, is that might be a guy that Brian Flores looks at and says, this is my new Meekin Fitzpatrick, you know? There Someone that I could just move around all over the place. He wouldn't. It wouldn't be a surprise if he's there at 18, but it would be a guy to uh, keep a serious eye on. But I would say, out of all the guys on the board, right, even Suell might, might fall down a little bit into mm -hmm. the teams because people are saying... Rashawn Slater is a better, better tackle or a better offensive lineman prospect than him. But I would say out of all those guys, one, Caleb Farley because of medicals, but two, Mika Parsons is the guy that could be making that fall there. And then he could be dropping down the board a bit. And maybe that guy there would then say, do we pick him at 18? That, that's 
probably I mean not for not for these uh, kids who are being drafted you know I wish them all the best but but as a fan just kind of sitting there with my hands in my head as someone falls like in slow motion pick by pick it is one of the most thrilling things I think we did that with both Tunsil and Devante Parker together uh, but Matt before the show you said you were uh, very close to 10,000 followers on Twitter and I mean I don't I have a hard time believing anybody who listens to the show doesn't already follow you but uh, one last time before we get out of here go ahead and plug all your stuff uh, everyone take their last shot i'm sure the bottle's close to empty at this point after <laughs> listening to matt but matt go ahead here and uh take us home yeah so uh if you don't follow me on twitter you could find me on twitter at canada pfn c-a-n-n-a-t-a-p-f-n on wednesday night or thursday morning i'm flying to cleveland thursday morning but i will be doing one in ama ask me anything i'll give you every piece of information i know beyond the show if i got any new stuff and two I will be giving my annual percentages. And I started this, I think, two years ago or last year, where I gave what my confidence level that the Dolphins pick was going to be. So I'm pretty confident about Kyle Pitts at 100%. I'm pretty confident about Jamar Chase. Still trying to figure out Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. And now we've added Sewell into the mix, so i got to get to the bottom of that as well. But uh, I will give that out on Thursday afternoon. You could follow Pro Football Network at PFN365. We'll have wall-to-wall coverage of the NFL Draft on our site, on Twitter, everywhere else. We have over 50 articles coming out this week. We're going to be dropping over 250 player graphics the next three days of the draft. We are growing fast. We have Tony Pollan. We have Trey Wingo. We have Matt Kanata. Uh, that's me. And we have, a whole, we have a whole bunch of other people <laughs> making PFN the best football website on the internet. And you can follow them at PFN365, us at three, PFN365, profootballnetwork.com, PFN's Predict the Draft Contest, win $100,000 or $10,000. Come to our live draft shows in Cleveland, lunchtime draft shows, 1.30 on Thursday, 12.30 on Friday. Go to ProFootballNorth.com for more details. Download our free draft guide with over 873 people on the big board, over 300 scouting reports. All we want is an email address for that as well. And I think that's it. The big thing about Pro Football uh, Network, and and I, this is where Matt really comes in. And, you know, any website you go to is really going to provide you with content. Uh, but it, it really seems clean and fresh when you go to pro football network uh just how everything's presented and i think that's really important i think that's what a big part of what makes them so successful on top of obviously uh the stellar information but matt thank you so much for joining us before we get out of here uh how you're not with us at the second but i love you buddy everyone go ahead and hit him with a follow he's gonna be a thrill on draft night at h-o-u-t-z at outs thank you for editing this show man you're gonna come back and listen to all this stuff and you're gonna be like jesus they went an extra 25 minutes without me I love outs, yeah. <laughs> uh you can follow me on twitter for uh your fair share of not only dolphins content but uh high school uh athletics here in western massachusetts the best high school reporter in the nation jacob mendel I, I'm going to hang this quote on my wall. I'm going to figure out how to do that, and I'm going to get it done. Uh, you can follow me at jmendo 31 Be sure to check out the Finsider uh, for all the content you need in terms of draft stuff. If you got to go jump away from your computer, t- TV for a couple hours, Finsider is going to have everything you need to know. Uh, if you guys enjoy what you're listening to uh, – hit that subscribe button. You know, we're going to try to do the three, maybe even four shows this week with the amount of draft picks the Dolphins have. And uh, it's been a blast and, and we hope you guys are enjoying it. So if you are, please smash that subscribe button. You'll know the second a show hits the airwaves on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. And you know, if you want to take a step farther, if you got some extra time, you want to put a little pep in my step, leave a review, leave us some comments about how we're doing. We got some responses this week about how, um, Isaiah Wilson, he uh, has a rap career now, and that should be our intro music. So we're going to have to give a hard look about that one. But, um, Matt, 
again, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, if we get enough comments about how amazing you are, which I'm sure are coming, we might have to play <laughs> back on here sooner rather than later. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. All right, you enjoy your night, my friend. Have a safe flight, and most importantly, fins up. That was fins Finsider up, baby. Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the